On this episode of the Fear Me Out podcast, I begin my series on being a highly sensitive person and how to thrive as a highly sensitive person. Highly sensitive people are known as HSP, empaths, or just plain old overly sensitive people. I see a lot of people in my practice who've suffered the shame and the confusion of being highly sensitive, so I'm going to clear up some of a lot of the misconceptions. There are two basic motivating forces, fear and love. When we're afraid, we pull back from life. When we're in love, we open up to all that life has to offer with passion, excitement, and acceptance. Coming to you from our studio in Santa Barbara, California, this is the Fear Me Out podcast. We're not your typical self-help program. Our show takes a deep dive into those psychological issues that affect us on a daily basis. We hope to shift your perspective and have you experiencing emotions differently. Now with Dr. Dana Saperstein. On this episode of the Fear Me Out podcast, just me today, folks, uh, I'm starting my series on being a highly sensitive person, what it means, and how to thrive as an HSP. Again, highly sensitive people are often referred to as uh, being HSP, highly sensitive person, or an empath, or uh, sometimes made to feel bad about themselves uh, by being overly sensitive. So let's start out with a questionnaire. If you want to, you can grab a piece of paper and a pencil and see how many of these characteristics that are, are you, how many of these characteristics you recognize in yourself. So number one, am I easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input? That's a really interesting question because a lot of really highly sensitive people have a tough time with loud noises, uh, startle very easily, feel overwhelmed in groups of people. So number one, are you easily overwhelmed by strong sensory input? Question number two, do you seem to be aware of the subtleties in your environment? Do you notice things that other people don't notice? Uh, do you find that you see the world slightly differently than other people? Next question, do other people's moods affect you? Are you sensitive and uh, aware of how other people feel and do their emotions or moods affect you in a strong way? Next question, are you really sensitive to pain? Is your pain threshold lower than most? I can certainly testify that uh, I am super sensitive to pain uh, I feel it very exquisitely, and uh, I often tease people that I'm an uh, inflammatory person because I feel pain very acutely. Uh, next question. Do you find yourself needing to withdraw during busy days or go to bed in a darkened room or any place where you can uh, have privacy and release from stimulation? So again, if you're highly sensitive, Simulation can have a negative effect on you. Are you particularly sensitive to the effects of caffeine? Do, does drinking coffee or tea cause you uh, uh, an inordinate feeling of stimulation? Are you easily overwhelmed by things like bright lights, strong smells, coarse fabrics, or sirens close by? Now, I can tell you that I've never been able to put on a shirt that has a tag. I always have to cut it off because it drives me completely insane, and my family makes fun of me because 
Uh, I have no tags on any of the clothing that I have. Next question. Do you have a rich, complex inner life? Really important question. Uh, A lot of people, you know, they have a complex life, but not as complex as somebody who's highly sensitive. It's very, very important to consider that question. Are you comfortable or uncomfortable by loud noises? Really, really important question. Because people that are highly sensitive, oftentimes extremely uncomfortable with loud noises. Uh, Next question, are you deeply moved by arts and music? Another really important question. Next one, is your nervous system sometimes, does it feel so frazzled that you just have to go off by yourself? Does stimulation cause you to need to be alone? The next question, are you a conscientious person? Do you feel the effects that you have on other people in a strong way? Really, really important to think about that. Do you notice and enjoy delicate or fine scents, taste, sounds, or works of art? Uh, If that is something that you notice, then again, it's a trait of being highly sensitive. Do you find it highly unpleasant to have a lot going on at once? Do you feel overwhelmed easily? That's another question that uh, involves high sensitivity. Next question, do you make it a high priority to arrange your life to avoid upsetting or overwhelming situations? So do you lead your life in a way where uh, you, you want to deal with, sort of get away from things that are easily upsetting or overwhelming? Next question, when you have to complete or are you observed or, or while you're being observed performing a task, do you become nervous or shaky or feel much worse than you would otherwise? Are you sensitive to other people's evaluations of you? I guess that's a different way of looking at that question. Another really important question, when you were a child, did your parents or your teacher see you as sensitive or shy? Because oftentimes people that are highly sensitive are mistaken for being shy. Oftentimes you're made to feel ashamed of these traits. Next question, do you startle easily? Uh, Loud noise or Sudden noise cause you to startle. Uh, that's a kind of a tricky question because that's also a, a trait of somebody suffering from post-traumatic stress. Um, do you get upset when you have a lot to do in a short amount of time? Do you feel easily overwhelmed by the task at hand? When people are uncomfortable in a physical environment, do you tend to know what needs to be done to make people more comfortable? Being sensitive to their needs? Are you annoyed by people when people try to get you to do too many things at once? Do you feel easily overwhelmed in that way? Do you try really hard to avoid making mistakes or forgetting things? Well, I think that's sort of a lot of people. I can't say that that's completely uh, about being sensitive. Another question I think is kind of interesting is, do you make it a point to avoid violent movies and TV shows because you're overwhelmed by the violence and the stimulation? Do you get unpleasantly aroused when a lot is happening around you? When, when the world is in chaos around you, does it overwhelm you very easily? Here's a trait that uh, I, I've noticed. When you're really hungry, does it create a strong reaction that uh, disturbs your concentration or your mood? A lot of times if you're a really sensitive person, when you're hungry, 
you get hangry. You get angry because of your feelings of hunger. That's a sign of sensitivity. Do changes in your life kind of shake you up a bit? I ask you to consider that if more than 14 of these questions are true, you're probably a really highly sensitive person. There's no sort of psychological test that is completely accurate, but these are sort of things that uh, researchers have noticed in people uh, that are highly sensitive. The other thing that's important is that there are as many men as there are women who are highly sensitive. Women have a tendency of being shamed a little bit less for being sensitive. They're at least not looked at as being weak. They may be looked at as being uh, high maintenance, but certainly uh, men are looked at as being weak for their sensitivity. So moving on from the questionnaire, highly sensitive people make up about 5 to 10% of the population. And uh, again, here's how you know if you're a highly sensitive person. Number one, it's really important to consider that highly sensitive people experience the world differently than people that are not quite as sensitive. And this is a biological difference that you're born with. Highly sensitive people are more aware of the subtleties and process information deeply. Uh, This means that uh, they tend to be creative and insightful, but it also means that they're more more prone to the stress and, uh, and easily overwhelmed. So highly sensitive person is someone whose brain processes all the information that they receive very deeply, uh, including um, emotions, thoughts, and sensory input. It makes highly sensitive people more physically sensitive and emotionally sensitive than other people. Um, highly sensitive, high sensitivity is considered a normal healthy personality trait Although I will say, like all personality traits, it comes with its own advantages and its disadvantages. Um, researchers refute, refer to being highly sensitive as sensory processing sensitivity. Uh, that means sensitivity to environmental uh, and other kinds of issues. Now, highly sensitive people are often negatively described as too sensitive. Uh, being an HSP isn't a bad thing, but like all personality traits, it comes with challenges uh, and many strengths, but also highly sensitive people tend to um, be made fun of, uh, to be looked at as being overly dramatic, uh, overly sensitive, um, you know, making a big deal about things that are not that important. Um, but I will say that being a highly sensitive person on the upside, can you can excel more easily at creativity Um, empathy, and the ability to notice things that other people miss or make connections that other people don't see. Uh, People that study gifted children find that high sensitivity is definitely linked to being gifted. The trade-off is that you can be be made to be overworked, uh, which has a tendency to make HS people prone to becoming overstimulated or emotionally overloaded. High sensitivity is completely normal. It's not a diagnosis or a disorder, and it's really often misunderstood because um, HSP people are a minority. Uh, I would say that, in my experience, it's 5 to 10% of the population. Now, si- sensitivity, actually, is, has a science behind it. Uh, sensitivity is a personality trait that everybody has, but some people are more sensitive than others, and this is a genetic predisposition. 
sensitivity is on a continuum, and that means that people with low sensitivity and people with high sensitivity experience the world very differently. How sensitive you are is partly due to your genetics, and it also depends on the way that you're raised. Uh, your, your genes determine the basic sensitivity level, which means you're likely to be a higher sensitivity person. You were born that way. Uh, they've done twin studies with identical twins with the same genes and end up with different levels of sensitivity as adults, and largely this is because of life experiences. Sensitive people need a supportive environment to thrive and get more benefit out of emotionally healthy upbringing than other people do. There's also a profound difference in the highly sensitive brain. If you're a highly sensitive person, you're more likely to have activity in the areas of your brain that are related to empathy, emotion, and reading social cues, as well as the part of the brain that's known as the seat of consciousness, especially where you're in social situations. And this suggests that highly sensitive people are alert and very tuned into the people around them. Uh, finally, highly sensitive people tend to act differently than others and want different things out of life. Uh, generally speaking, HSPs prefer a bit of a slower pace and like to take their time enjoying the subtlety of experiences. Uh, for example, an HSP person may get more out of the, the joy of a smell of their morning coffee and the view out their window than they do from a loud concert or a crowded event. This makes for a sense of someone who can get overstimulated really easy. Small pleasures and a slower schedule allow them to be at their best and being out of their sensitive gifts without getting overloaded. So again, how do you know if you're a highly sensitive person? Well, you could take the test that I gave you at the beginning of this podcast, but there are pretty much, uh, I would say, 21 signs that you're a highly sensitive person. Number one, you absolutely do not like violence and cruelty of any kind. And again, most people don't like violence or cruelty, but for highly sensitive people, seeing or hearing about it can be extremely upsetting. You might be an HSP if you can't watch very scary, gory, or violent movies, and you get really easily upset or even sometimes feel physically ill. Similarly, you may not be able to stomach a news story about animal cruelty or, a similar, or similar brutal acts. Number two, you're frequently emotionally exhausted from absorbing other people's feelings. Now, this is a really, really important characteristic. Highly sensitive people are usually born taking on the pain of the families that they come into the world. It's not unusual for the highly sensitive kid to kind of feel like the world around them is on fire and everybody around them is pretending it's just a little hot in the room, and so that can be very confusing. And one of the ways that highly sensitive kids process their sensitivity is by absorbing the pain of other people's feelings. Uh, this is a really, really important thing to think about because oftentimes as a child, if you're really sensitive, you start to absorb the pain in your family right from the beginning of your life. And that leads to feelings of really extreme sort of failure and uh, low self-esteem because no matter how hard you try, you cannot take enough pain into your little body to help the people around you feel better about themselves. But you can't help it because the world doesn't feel safe to you when the people around you are ignoring their pain and you feel it so intensely. So as a highly sensitive person, you can actually walk into a room and immediately sense the mood of the people in it 
And that's because sensitive people are aware of the subtleties, including facial expressions, body language, tone of voice, that other people might miss. And if you pair this with the sensitive person's naturally high levels of empathy, it's really no wonder that HSP people feel emotions that are not their own. As a result, highly sensitive people tend to suffer from frequent emotional exhaustion. Uh, on a previous podcast, I talked about a young woman who uh, started junior high school, and when she would get out of the car, she would have a panic attack, and she didn't really understand that her her pain was coming from all of the of the pain in the people in the parking lot that were walking into school, all the junior high school kids that uh, were walking around with big questions marks about their value and about whether they're anybody was going to like them, whether they'd be popular. And this girl had no protection against everybody's anxiety, and so it would just overwhelm her walking uh, through the parking lot. So I taught her how to manage her sensitivity, and uh, then she stopped having panic attacks. Now, number three, time pressure really rattles you more than other people. So if you're really sensitive to stimulation, then time pressure is something that's going to be quite troublesome for somebody who's highly sensitive. Now, another trait of being a highly sensitive person is the feeling of the need to withdraw. Uh, Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you need plenty of downtime if you're an HSP and often prefer to be alone uh, in a quiet place where you can uh, withdraw from overstimulation. Number five, uh, highly sensitive people are often kind of jumpy. They have a, a very, very... Um, acute startle reflex and that even in non-threatening situations their nervous systems are kind of dialed up you're a highly sensitive person number six if you think deeply the cornerstone of being an hsp is that you process information on a very deep level so this means that you do plenty of reflecting on your own experiences and unfortunately this also means that you're more prone to negative overthinking Uh, Sometimes you obsessively play events over and over in your mind and spiral into very anxious thoughts. Uh, Number seven, you're a seeker. HSPs seek answers to big questions in life. They often ask why things are the way they are and what role they play in all of this. If you're a highly sensitive person, you may have always wondered why people aren't captivated by the mysteries of human nature and the universe as uh, uh, they're not as concerned as you are. Now, again, we've already talked about this, but number eight is sudden loud noises startle you. Either a motorcycle suddenly roars by or you hear a backfire from a car. Uh, Those things can be really troublesome. Uh, Number nine, your clothing matters. You've always been sensitive to what you wear. Scratchy fabric or restrictive clothing can really make you uncomfortable. And I can tell you this from many years of experience that I said earlier, I can't wear any clothes that have tags on them makes me really crazy. We've also talked about number 10, which is that pain threshold tolerance is much less with a highly sensitive person. You're way more sensitive to headaches and body aches and injuries than people that are not quite as sensitive. Number 11, your inner world is alive and present. Again, due to your deep processing, you have a rich inner world. And as a child, you may have had uh, several imaginary friends and enjoyed fantasy-based play and we're prone to daydreaming. As an adult, you may also have vividly realistic dreams. Uh, Number 12, change is extremely upsetting. 
uh, HSPs take comfort in their routines because the familiar are far less stimulating than something brand new. And for this reason, change, both positive and negative, can really throw you off if you're an HSP. Uh, as an example, when you're dating someone new or getting a job or promotion, you may feel as equally stressed as you do overjoyed. Generally, HSP people need more time than others to adjust to any kind of change, whether positive or negative. Number 13, sometimes your environment is your worst enemy. Uh, moving to a new home or traveling can be difficult because your senses are bombarded by uh, new stimuli. Now, this is a really important one, number 14. You're very much misunderstood. High sensitivity is always or often mislabeled as uh, a shyness or anxious person implying that there's something wrong with you. Uh, many HSP people are labeled, as, uh, are labeled as introverts because introversion and HSP share many characteristics. However, I will say that many HSPs are actually extroverted, so it's not always a guarantee that you're going to be an introvert. Number 15, you get hangry easily. Talked about this before. HSP people tend to be very sensitive to blood sugar levels and often get quite hungry and angry if they haven't eaten in a while. So that's something to think about because some people can handle hunger and other people get really, really agitated uh, when they're hungry. The other thing that's kind of interesting, number 16, is when your nervous system is already ratcheted up to a high level, it's hard to take stimulants like caffeine or other types of stimulation because um, you're already feeling stimulated to begin with. Uh, similarly, um, HSPs are also sometimes very sensitive to the effects of alcohol. Number 17, conflict uh, is not great for a highly sensitive person. When there's tension or disagreement in your close relationships, you often feel really deeply uncomfortable. Sometimes uh, HSP people even report feeling physically ill during conflict. Uh, as a result, some really highly sensitive people become conflict avoided and they will do almost anything to avoid making another person unhappy uh, because conflict hurts so much. Uh, going along with conflict avoidance, there's also criticism of being a really dangerous thing for a highly sensitive person. Positive words can make you sore, but harsh words will send you crashing to the ground. Uh, criticism can often feel like a dagger, and negativity is toxic to a highly sensitive person's finely tuned system. Number 19, you're a very conscientious person. At work and in school, you try really hard not to make mistakes. But of course, this doesn't mean that you're perfect, because nobody is. But you're always trying to do your best. Uh, another thing that's kind of interesting about being highly sensitive is that highly sensitive people are deeply moved by beauty. Uh, fine meals, rich scents, beautiful artwork, and uh, stirring melodies have a deep impact on a highly sensitive person. So highly sensitive people often find that music or certain sounds put you in a near trance-like state, and that's a little bit different than the average person. Now, number 21, your perspective. Uh, it's kind of interesting if you're a highly sensitive person, you notice things that other people miss uh, because you're particularly perceptive and insightful. So again, those 21 things have, have a great deal of information to offer people that are highly sensitive. Now, 
let's talk about my clinical experience with highly sensitive people. I would say that in my practice, oh, about 75 to 80% of the people I see are highly sensitive. For some reason, really highly sensitive people find their way into my life, maybe because I understand it so well being one myself. Um, as a little kid, as a baby, as a, actually, when I was in my mom's stomach, I've described this on another podcast, I could feel my mother's concern about her pregnancy making her ugly because my dad was having an affair at the time, and she figured that the reason he was being unfaithful was because she was pregnant with me. Um, I'm not going to go into the details of how I remember this and how it got confirmed, but I will say that the greatest effect that it had on me was that even before I was born, I was absorbing my mother's ugliness into my body. I remember feeling poisoned, and I was born actually allergic to my mother's milk, and I almost died because um, I couldn't take nutrition from her because of the conflict between uh, my being responsible for her ugliness and her very low self-esteem. So until they discovered that I was allergic to her milk, uh, I had a very, very difficult time growing up. I will say that most of my childhood, I had physical difficulties. Super sensitive, always. Had a lot of trouble with my GI tract and um, other parts of my body because I was so sensitive to everything. I would say that by the time I was oh, maybe four, or five, six years old, I'd suffered enough trauma to make me a really anxious person, and I sort of started to shut down. Um, and as a result of kind of shutting myself down emotionally, I became a really violent kid until I discovered drugs and then kind of numbed myself all the way until I started therapy as a late teen. So being a highly sensitive person did not serve me well as a, as a little kid. Uh, I remember once, and I, I joke about this uh, situation, I was about 16 years old, and um, I came home for dinner. My brother and sister and parents were at the dinner table, and I was very high. Uh, uh, I smoked a lot of marijuana at the time, and so I came to the table, and I was really, really high. And I remember watching my parents and thinking to myself, God, these people just hate each other. They're, they just cannot stand to be in the same room with each other. And without realizing it, out loud, I said to my family, my parents, uh, you guys should get a divorce. And then all of a sudden I took a step back and thought, oh, I said that out loud. I didn't really realize I, was, I said it out loud because I was so high, but everybody in my family looked at me like, what, what did you just say? And, um, I, you know, unfortunately, uh, their reaction was really strong. They yelled at me and told me I was crazy, but, you know, it was only a few years later uh, that they got a divorce. So I knew always that my parents were very, very damaged, unhappy people, and I did everything I could to try to take their pain into my body and help them feel better. And I will tell you that this lasted all the way until I was in my 30s, and I realized that this was a very unhealthy way to live, and I stopped uh, being responsible for the pain, especially my mom's pain. And I retired from being a, a pain manager uh, of other people's pain by taking it into my body. So one of the things that I try to help people understand is that you can't help but feel what you feel, but you certainly have a choice about how you're going to deal with those feelings. So part of what I've learned over the course of many, many years is that you can take a person's emotional temperature, takes a couple seconds, you can tell how much pain the person's in, 
But in order to help somebody from a psychological perspective as a therapist, if I took people's pain into my body, I would be teaching them that they're not capable of managing their own pain. So I don't take the pain in. I just do what I can to help the person understand how to resolve their own pain. And that's what keeps me from getting burnt out and feeling overwhelmed by the amount of pain that I bring into my life. So again, you can be a really highly sensitive person and not be overwhelmed by other people's emotion. But it is something that you have to learn and a skill to acquire. So getting back to a lot of people that I see, I see people from about 13, 14 years old, both men and women, all the way until your late 70s, maybe early 80s. And sensitivity does not go away over the course of time. If you're born sensitive, you stay sensitive. And it affects you either positively or negatively, depending on how much uh, you can come to terms and accept who you are. Uh, I see many people who arrive at my office feeling really angry at themselves and weak and like there's something wrong with them because the world affects them in ways that um, it doesn't affect all the people around them. And so, you know, if everybody around you seems okay and you're suffering, the most natural thing you're going to do is look at yourself as being the problem, which is really quite sad because, you know, it is a fundamental difference, but it doesn't have to be negative if you recognize that you can't live a normal life if you're a highly sensitive person. It's just not possible. And the more that you try to sort of um, dull your sensitivity, the more you're going to suffer. Because again, these are genetic traits that can't be altered. Um, so the more that you come to accept who you are, uh, the easier it is to sort of not have an easy life, but be able to live in harmony with your genetic endowment. Um, so again, I see a lot of people that have been made to feel really ashamed of themselves because they're so sensitive, or a lot of people actually that become really anxious as young children uh, because their family parents are well-meaning, but they're not dealing with the emotional issues that they need to. And so as a kid, you're going to act out whatever it is that you're feeling, and it's going to create a problem. Um, back in the 80s when I f was going to school, uh, they used to call children in the family that carried the sensitive pain as, uh, um, as you know, as being the, the pain carrier or the identified patient. That's what it used to be called. And I realize now, after lots of years in practice, that the person who was called the identified patient, the kid that had all the problems in the family, usually was the really sensitive kid that was absorbing all the pain in the family and then being made to feel like they were the problem by everybody around them because the parents didn't understand that they were that their pain was being taken on by their by their child. So that's a huge thing that I try to help people come to terms with and heal because taking on people's pain as a kid is very traumatic. Extremely traumatic. Plus it can also lead you to feel like you're a failure by the time you're about 10 years old. Because if you're not an HSP, you're not going to be trying to manage all the pain in your family. If you are a really sensitive kid, you're going to be doing everything you can to absorb the pain. But unfortunately, no matter how hard you try, you fail. Because there is no child that can take enough of an adult's pain to make everything a little better. So, uh, you know, a lot of times people, the kids develop really low self-opinion of them themselves by the time they're, you know, 10 years old or so. And they don't understand why they feel like such a failure. And it's usually because they have failed fundamentally fail to save their family. So that's another thing I try to help people understand is that their feelings of failure are based on a true 
failure, but they never stood a chance of succeeding in the first place because no child should ever be responsible to manage a family's pain. So I help people recognize, number one, how sensitivity has affected your whole life and, and how to deal with the shame that goes along with it and how to thrive as a result of it. Because, again, if you can embrace your sensitivity and learn how to manage those overwhelming feelings and not take pain, other people's pain into your body, then you're actually much more capable of creativity and coming up with novel solutions to problems than the average person. The hard part about being highly sensitive is that it's really hard to relate to most of the people around you because uh, average sensitivity is normal. It's, uh, uh, you know, it's the norm in the population. And being a highly sensitive person puts you in the, in the uh, 90 to 95th percentile. And what that means, if you th- looked at it from a, a physical perspective, is that, you know, if you're a man and you're really high, like if you're measuring uh, um, traits on the, uh, on the scale, you would be about 6'6 oh, six, six or 6'7, six, which is not normal. I mean, that's a really tall person. And that's somebody who's probably in the 95th percentile. The world is not designed for tall people like that. You can't find a car you fit in. You can't find clothes. Everybody looks at you like you're some, you know, you get made fun of. Um, unless you're a really good athlete, it does not serve you to be a really uh, tall person. And just like if you don't really understand how to deal with the sensitivity, it, it's not an asset until you learn what it takes to thrive uh, as a really sensitive person. Now, I try to encourage people to consider that um, being a highly sensitive person is very much like being a Ferrari, right? Um, Ferraris are really high-performance vehicles. And in order for them to work at their best, it takes an enormous amount of maintenance to keep them going, right? You can't just drive into a gas station with a Ferrari and put regular gas in the tank because it won't work. And so most people try to live sort of a normal, regular life when they're highly sensitive, and it just doesn't work. You have to be willing to recognize that you have an inordinate need for healthy food, uh, exercise, uh, proper sleep, and all the different ways that, um, uh, that you need to take care of yourself in order to thrive and be at your best. Because if you treat yourself like a lot of people do by, you know, eating crappy food and not exercising and overworking and drinking too much and all of that. A lot of people can sort of get away with that for a good long period of time. I mean, it's not healthy, but it's, it's certainly not going to affect you like it would if you were a really highly sensitive person. Going to take you down really quickly if you don't take really, really good care of yourself. And sometimes that's difficult because it can make things a bit awkward with the people around you when they see, uh, you know, what your requirements are compared to theirs. Um, also, as a highly sensitive person, and again, this is a generalization, having superficial conversation is quite painful. Talking about things that have no deep emotional meaning uh, feels really uncomfortable for a highly sensitive person, whereas the average person can enjoy those kinds of conversations. But again, the world is not designed for anything other than uh, what the norm is. And so, uh, you know, being a highly sensitive person, you're way outside the norm. And that's important for people to understand is that, you know, a lot of times highly sensitive people have said to me, you know, I've never fit in. I've always felt like I was different. Uh, um, people made fun of me, all that sort of thing. And I can't convince somebody that those things are not true because 
you have to understand that if you're highly sensitive, you are different, fundamentally, biologically, genetically different. And um, part of coming to terms with it is accepting that it doesn't have to be negative as long as you're careful about how you live in the world. Uh, when it comes to relationships, a lot of times highly sensitive people suffer inordinately because the most common recipe for a romance with a highly sensitive person is what I call the rescue fantasy. That because you're raised taking other people's pain in and managing that pain as an act of love, when you then get into romantic relationships, you do the same thing with people that you meet. It's really common for highly sensitive people to find, find damaged people and try to rehabilitate them in the hopes that, that you'll get the love that you've always been looking for. And again, that's a recipe for disaster because you can't save somebody from themselves. And um, oftentimes people feel like they're being controlled when somebody has uh, a need to kind of uh, manage their pain for them. So uh, that's another symptom that people often describe when they're highly sensitive is that their relationships don't really tend to work very well, especially because if you deny what it is that your body is telling you, then you're just inviting way bigger problems into your life than would be otherwise. So again, I'm hoping that everybody listening gets the idea that you have to really, really trust your intuition you have to be willing to absolutely be devoted to what it is that you feel and that you know, and that, yes, it may make you feel separate from other people, or at least most people. That's a small price to pay to be loyal to yourself and to be true to yourself. The more that I see people honor their sensitivity, the better their relationships uh, become. That's not to say that people that um, embrace their sensitivity sometimes find themselves... Uh, ending certain friendships that have not really served them, but they kind of rationalized, or they end friendships where people have sort of used them as therapists when they're not, because highly sensitive people draw in people that want them to take care of. Like when I was growing up, uh, as a teenager, as an example, if I was on a bus or a plane or whatever, somebody would sit down next to me and start talking to me, and they weren't just being friendly they would start to talk to me about things that uh, I would think to myself, why are you talking to me about this? You don't know me. This is like private information. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, but the person just sort of had a feeling like I was open for business and that they could share their uh, struggles in life with me because they could tell I was really sensitive and would have compassion for them. But before I really understood this about myself, it was very confusing and really uncomfortable because I would think, you know, don't tell me this stuff. I don't want to hear it. It's weird. Um, but then, you know, by the time I became a young adult and had enough of my own therapy, it helped me realize that I was actually designed uh, to be a therapist. And my mentor recognized this in me and helped me embrace it and uh, uh, sort of helped me launch my career based on the, the uh, trait of high sensitivity. So I would say that being a really sensitive person has served me in my life really well but that's only because I've come to terms with that. And I don't mind being looked at as weird. My kids make fun of me. My friends make fun of me. Uh, because my sensitivity is not just emotional. It's also really physical. I can't eat normal foods that people do. Uh, I get really overwhelmed by smells and sounds and the taste of food and all kinds of stuff. I joke around with people that I've never had a cup of coffee in my life because I can't get past the smell. 
And most people love the smell of coffee, but to me it smells so bad that I have to breathe through my mouth. Uh, and this was kind of sad when my daughter was a teenager and worked at Starbucks. I could have had all the free coffee I wanted, but it, when I'd go visit her at work, I'd have to breathe through my mouth because I could not stand the smell <laughs> of the coffee shop. I've never had a soda in my life because carbonated drinks burn my throat. When I eat cilantro, it tastes like soap. Uh, eat zucchini, it has such a bitter flavor that I can barely swallow it. And uh, part of what uh, we've discovered in science is that people, some people can be super tasters. We have an extra uh, taste bud that recognizes things that most people don't taste. But unfortunately, it's not a good taste. It's a bitter taste. And, and so it makes it sometimes hard to uh, enjoy certain foods that other people really love. Um, I can't eat onions very easily. Um, I, when I used to go to Mexico and I would tell the cooks at the uh, at the surf resort that I couldn't eat onions, they would look at me like I was from another planet. I mean, what person uh, is lactose intolerant and can't eat onions and wants Mexican food? It just doesn't work very well. Um, but, you know, they were kind enough to uh, deal with my sensitivities, although I'm sure they rolled their eyes at how weird that I was. So, again, uh, I've developed a sense of humor about being a really highly sensitive person. And that's helped me get through a lot of situations that would have been uncomfortable otherwise. Because, you know, if you're different, it's easy to be made fun of. Now, I look at being made fun of as a sign of affection, so it doesn't bother me. And I easily make fun of myself because I know that I'm different and always have been. Uh, but before I understood all of this, I thought there was actually something really wrong with me that um, I felt everything so strongly and I was so easily overwhelmed. And another thing that I noticed is that... Um, if you're a really highly sensitive person, you have to be really careful who you give your heart to because it's kind of an all-or-nothing proposition. If you're a highly sensitive person and you connect with somebody that matters to you, it's on a really, really deep level. And so I often tell people you've got to be really careful in the beginning of a relationship how much of your heart to give to somebody until you really understand the nature of the person that you're dealing with. Because oftentimes, you know, at the beginning of a relationship, everybody's kind of at their best behavior. And it's easy to kind of overlook things that are really problematic, but that show up in a relatively short period of time. So part of the solution of being a highly sensitive person is understanding that your sensitivity leads to a much deeper connection to your intuition uh, than the average person. And if you're willing to consider that your intuition is a very sacred part of yourself, and it's the part of yourself that's very much connected, in my mind, to the divine, it's part of your spiritual equipment, then learning how to connect with your intuition on a really deep level comes much easier to a sensitive person than uh, somebody who's not quite as sensitive. Most people, when I start to talk to them about this, say, well, I've always known and I can always feel, and when I walk into a room, I can feel what's going on and I can tell what's happening with the people around me. But I talk myself out of it because nobody else seems to notice. And so I just think I'm crazy or making a big deal about things. And so, again, part of what I try to help people understand is that, number one, you're not crazy. You are different. And that if you can accept that difference, uh, it will enhance your life enormously. But it certainly doesn't make your life easier. Because being anything other than average, is a, the world is designed for average. And so the world is not designed for highly sensitive people. And you have to be willing to come to terms with that in order to thrive. Really important to understand that there's not much you can do about your level of sensitivity. Um, I've met so many people that have tried to talk themselves out of what they know, try to, you know, sort of make themselves less sensitive by 
telling themselves that they can't trust what they see or what they feel. And it does nothing except to make the person miserable. Because again, now the research shows that your brain is actually functioning differently than the average person. It's not a choice. And in your life, if somebody tells you that you're being too sensitive or, or being too overreactive, you can tell them that they don't know what they're talking about because um, uh, it's not a pathological condition. It's actually something, it's a genetic gift as long as you are willing to look at that gift in the way that um, will enhance your life. I can tell you how many unusual experiences I've had as being a highly sensitive person. You know, they range from emotional to physical to uh, spiritual experiences that are pretty amazing, overwhelming, and sometimes uh, quite dramatic, and other times they're really subtle. But um, again, every day I wake up really grateful that my sensitivity has allowed me to live such a lovely life in many different ways. Again, I can't say that physically it's been easy because I have a lot of physical problems that are pretty overwhelming, but I wouldn't necessarily give up the sensitivity uh, if, if I had a choice, which I know that I don't. Thinking about being a highly sensitive person, really important to understand, number one, you are not crazy. There is nothing wrong with you that you're different and really sensitive. When people tell you that you're too sensitive, don't listen to them. If they tell you that you think too much, well, that may be a bit of a different issue. Uh, usually people think too much when they're feeling anxious, but a lot of times anxiety is related to being really sensitive and not really understanding why you don't feel comfortable. Because anxiety, again, comes, not all anxiety, but some anxiety comes because you don't feel safe. And if you don't trust what it is that you bring to the table, it's certainly hard to feel safe. Now, I want to get back to the idea that highly sensitive people have a tendency to absorb other people's feelings. This is not a statement to be taken lightly. Uh, it is really true that if you're a highly sensitive person and you don't understand what the implications are, it's really common to take other people's pain on and feel like it's your responsibility to manage the troubles of the people around you. Um, this is a, a, a very, very negative, destructive thing to do because uh, you can't take care of other people's pain. It's, you're not going to solve anything by doing it. All it's going to do is make you miserable. Uh, and a lot of people have said to me, well, I just can't help it. And my response to that statement is, well, that's not true. It's just that you don't know uh, how to handle the pain and you don't understand that you can be incredibly compassionate and still not take people's pain in. Because when I'm working, again, as a professional, uh, I tell people this all the time, that, you know, I've not taken any of your pain in. I would never do that. That would be disrespectful to you. And would also give you the message that, um, uh, that you're not capable of taking care of your own pain. But I can still be incredibly compassionate and feel a lot of um, uh, love and care for the people that I see without having to take on their pain. My job is to teach them how to manage their pain maybe number one, to show them what their pain is all about, and then to teach them how to manage that pain and how to resolve it so that they can be free from a lot of the, uh, the trauma and stress that's a part of their lives. So um, it's really important to recognize that, for me, uh, one of the reasons why I don't feel much fear in my office is because I feel like, uh, on a spiritual level, I am being cared for 
in the process of my caring for other people. And what I mean by that is that um, my job is to introduce you to your pain and help you heal it, but I think that it's God or the higher self or whatever you call it, you want to call it, it's job to release the pain. And so I don't have to take that pain on. I can teach people how to release it from their bodies without having to involve my self on that level. And I think that, that it's a choice, and I teach people how to make the choice of not taking other people's pain into their bodies so that they're not overwhelmed and, and taken down by uh, that feeling of helplessness and despair that a lot of people go through life with. Um, I will say that another thing that can be a little bit difficult if you're a really highly sensitive person is that there's a lot of really lonely, desperate people in the world we live in. We do our best to not feel that loneliness and that despair. I mean, if you think about how much uh, alcohol and drugs and work and over-exercise and all the different uh, things that you can do to distract yourself from who you are, when you're a highly sensitive person, you can feel uh, the avoidance that people are using to get away from the things that they need to take care of. So sometimes being a highly sensitive person makes you the least popular person in the room. Sometimes when I tell people what I do, they can't get away from me fast enough. So in the situation I'm describing, you know, oh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm an accountant, and then it gets to me and I think to myself, oh, am I going to tell the truth or am I going to lie? Because if I know if I tell the truth, all these people in this room are going to get up and leave within five minutes. So I said, oh, I'm a psychologist. And generally speaking, the room goes completely silent. And then within, you know, four or five minutes, everybody's got somewhere to go. And my wife end up, and I end up sitting there by ourselves. And again, I don't think it's because I smell bad or that there's something inherently wrong with me because I try to bathe regularly and I try to smile and be friendly. But telling people what I do for a living along with them sensing my sensitivity, uh, makes a lot of people really afraid. So usually when you're a highly sensitive person, you're not the most popular person in a group. Because instinctually, people that have things that they want to hide or that they're ashamed of and they're not pursuing healing, they have a tendency to, to uh, have a strong reaction to sensitive people, to get away from them. So people have often said to me, well, how come people don't like me or why do they not want to be my friend? And, and you know, most of the time I try to help them understand that it's not you they don't like. It's, it's that they get a feeling from you that you can see through their veneer and that you can see who they are. And that makes a lot of people really, really uncomfortable. So if you have the expectation that you're going to be the life of the party, that's one of the things you're going to have to actually give up as a result of accepting sensitivity because you can't be the life of the party and the most popular person when people are afraid of you. Um, I've had some really funny experiences. I had a, uh, I had a medical procedure. I was in the uh, operating room getting ready to be sedated and I was laying on the table and then and there was an anesthesiologist and a nurse uh, standing there and the nurse said to me, what do you do for a living? And I thought to myself, oh, I need these people to stay in this room so I, I can't tell them the truth. So I was joking with the nurse and I said, well, I can't tell you. And she said, what do you mean? Are you a proctologist? And I said, no, that's <laughs> something worse. And, and I said, if I tell you, I'm going to make you really uncomfortable and you're going to want to leave. And she started laughing and she said, no, that won't happen. So I said, okay, I'm a psychologist and I will tell you, all of a sudden the room was completely silent. Everybody stopped talking and got really uncomfortable, including the nurse that was taking care of me. And I started laughing and I said, I told you, 
now, I said to them, you don't need to worry because I'm going to be under anesthesia in a few moments here, so I won't be able to, uh, to uh, you know, read you and, and, uh, <laughs> and reveal your secrets. And they all sort of chuckled, and that was the last thing I can remember. But those kind of experiences happen to me on a regular basis. Uh, people are just uncomfortable by the idea that you can divine their secrets. And if you're a sensitive person, people can tell. So if you find yourself not being the most popular person in the room, or that there are certain people that just don't want to be your friend and you can't understand why, usually it's because you've scared them in some way uh, because of your sensitivity. So part of accepting sensitivity is understanding that you're not everybody's cup of tea. But it's not because there's something wrong with you. It's because you scare people who have secrets that they would prefer to keep a secret. I know that sounds kind of sad, but it's extremely important. Because when I see people living contrary to their nature... Uh, it's nothing but suffering because um, if you can't accept who you are, then you're always at war with yourself and people can feel that and they can feel that you're uncomfortable and that just makes things even more uncomfortable. You find yourself recognizing that you're a highly sensitive person and then you can look back and realize that you've been traumatized as a result of that, made to feel really ashamed of yourself, made to feel like there's something wrong with you, or you have a pattern of relationships where you have found wounded puppies that you try to rehabilitate um, in a romantic sense, then it's probably a good idea to get some help and to make sure that you find a therapist that understands what it means to be HSP. Um, and again, I have clients that are really sensitive, and when I start to talk to them about it initially, they get really angry because they do not want to continue to feel the pain of that difference. But usually after a while, people begin to accept and understand that you don't really have a choice. So accepting who you are really is the key to uh, kind of living the kind of life that you want to, plus healing the trauma of how you've been made to feel ashamed of yourself and taken advantage of in the name of your sensitivity. Um, it's important. Um, I will say, again, there's another thing that's really important. People with personality disorders often prey upon highly sensitive people, take advantage of their sensitivity by getting them to feel sorry for them and to feel like they owe them some debt of uh, gratitude or whatever it might be. So I've met a lot of highly sensitive people that have gotten um, trapped in relationships with really damaged uh, people with personality disorders. So then that's another thing to think about, that if you found yourself in a relationship with a narcissist or somebody that has borderline personality disorder and you get out of that relationship, uh, before you start a new one, it's a good idea to get some help to understand that you may have a, a, a weak spot for people with personality disorders because you can feel underneath their bravado and their grandiosity how deeply damaged that they are. And the natural thing would be to want to uh, save them from themselves. But again... Uh, when it comes to personality disorders, that's actually humanly impossible to do. And so it's a good idea to take a really hard look at the way you relate to yourself and other people, especially if you're a highly sensitive person. Now, going back over the list of all the different characteristics, some are going to, going to apply and some not. Uh, everybody's a little bit different, and sensitivity is on a continuum. But generally speaking, it's kind of like being pregnant. You're either highly sensitive or not. Uh, but it's the difference maybe between having one baby and multiple babies in terms of uh, how, how intense the sensitivity can be. So 
I'm going to be interviewing a few men and women uh, that I know that are really highly sensitive so that I can really bring this concept forward in a way for people to really understand what it means to be highly sensitive. Everybody has their own unique story. Uh, I am blessed with lots of really highly sensitive people in my life. I really enjoy the conversations I have with the people that come to see me. It's no, it's important to know that you have a lot of brothers and sisters that are not obviously biological, but uh, if you could meet these people, you would think, oh, th- this is my tribe. I understand. You know, I wish I had more of these kinds of people in my life. I'm going to be doing a series. Anybody who has any questions about sensitivity and being a highly sensitive person, there's tons of information on the internet. Uh, back in the 80s, there was a woman by the name of Elaine Aaron who wrote a series of books um, on highly sensitive people. She was the first person to um, uh, bring forward this concept in a dynamic way. Uh, I think the first book she wrote is called actually The Highly Sensitive Person. I think she wrote a book called The Highly Sensitive Child. And um, there's another one I think called The Highly Sensitive Person in a Relationship. These books are actually quite um, informative and and uh, and useful to help, if you're a sensitive person, understand yourself. There's also a lot of podcasts on high, sen- high sensitivity. Um, there's a lot of, uh, like on Facebook, there's a bunch of different uh, groups on being a highly sensitive person. Um, so there's all kinds of ways to get the information that you might need in order to thrive as a highly sensitive person. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I think it's important, again, if you're a highly sensitive person, to take stock of who you are and to recognize that uh, the only Real choice is to find a way to accept who you are and thrive as a result of your sensitivity. Thank you. We appreciate our listeners and are interested in your comments and suggestions. Feel free to email us at fearmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. If you are interested in becoming a sponsor for this podcast, please email us at fearmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. See you next time.